does have it all. All of our pre-owned vehicles are Hubler Q certified, which include a 128-point vehicle inspection, a free Carfax vehicle history report, and two warranties. A two-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty and a 30-day, 1,000-mile comprehensive warranty. Visit any of our 13 locations today or click drivehubler.com. Andy Moore, Automotive Group Hotline from The Athletic. Joe Rexroad joins us before the 2023 NFL Draft. Hello, Joe. How you doing? Hey, guys. I'm I'm doing great now that we're uh, just about here. How are you guys doing? They have a new quarterback era down in Nashville, you think? Uh, because it seems to be that maybe some of these rumors that are floating around does not seem like that there are a lot of them, but some of them involve that team in Nashville that you cover about trying to move up. What have you gathered to this point about that possibility? Sure. You know, I, I think it's absolutely possible. I mean, I don't know how much they're willing to get. Like, are they willing to – you know, get into that three neighborhood and, and give up all it would require to get there to, to I don't know, say C.J. Stroud's there after two and they'd rather have C.J. Stroud than let the Colts have him. If that's the way it might go, I mean, I, I don't know. Um, I do think that they're very serious in this draft about a quarterback. Um, you know, I, I mean, every team talks every draft season about evaluating all the positions and they talk to – whatever quarterbacks and whoever else but the titans had three of the five top guys in and you know cj stroud is a kind of a special case because mike rabel knows you know everything that ever happens to any ohio state athletes so um they've done their homework and i think they are prepared to uh to possibly strike tonight absolutely you know what's interesting about this and joe rex wrote of the athletics on the andy moore automotive group hotline it was a year ago right where basically it seemed as if john robinson in nashville was uh riding his swan song in trading of aj brown that was pretty much it right there was that that the moment where it became apparent even before the start of the season that he may not be long for that organization you know, it's funny you say that because, well, first of all, when they made when they made that move, I mean, I know the column I wrote was, "Are you kidding me? You're going to regret this the rest of your career." <laughs> but at the same time, <laughs> I mean, I had a total, basically, a written tantrum about it. Sure. But you know what? I I still I still thought he had built up enough equity over the years. You look at what he inherited and what he did, and even if you go back to the 2019 draft with Brown in it and Simmons, uh, just a fantastic draft. I thought he had done enough to to survive that, but obviously once you watch A.J. Brown torch your former team and then you've got Eagles fans taunting the owner in the box, well, okay, now John Robinson has to go two days later. But, yeah, as as it turns out, you're right. That's exactly what he was doing, and he did that. After Mike Vrabel basically said, there is no way we're moving A.J. Brown as long as I'm the coach. And then John Robinson moved A.J. Brown. So, yeah, we know now who has a hell of a lot more leverage in an organization. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, especially with the right. evidence right there. Where's uh, Rand Carthon is, is all new. What, what's his style? Do you know until you go through this weekend's draft, or do you have something in mind? And how big of a deal is it if he does swoop in here for that first selection and move up to get that longer-term quarterback that certainly is not Malik Willis, evidently? Right. Yeah. No. I and I don't think it is. Uh, I know that it's a, it's a small sample size, but I, you know, I think I think there's been enough 
over months of him in the building that, the, you know, that uh, I won't be surprised if he's not with the team next year. Talking about Malik Willis. Yeah, it's hard to know with Rand Carthon. Uh, I mean, his style publicly is very enjoyable. You know, he's in great press conferences. I mean, we're all enjoying him. You know, he, he's engaging and he does give some insight. Look, he, he's got a lot, you know, he's got a lot of friends around the, the, the league, but of course he's still a first-time GM. Um, and, you know, like you just said with Rabel, it's like, Whatever they do tonight, it's like I know we're all going to say, "Oh, so that's what Rand likes to do," you know, or whatever, whatever it may be. But it's like, yeah, but man, Rabel is Rabel is all over whatever they do too, you know. So um, it will be interesting if they do the quarterback thing that Rand Carthon is willing to start, basically, kind of start that clock on himself, right? Uh, you know, right away. I mean, John Robinson. That's one thing about him. He never had that. I mean, he right. never drafted a quarterback. He inherited Mariota, who had been drafted the year before by his predecessor. And then, really, I mean, he made one great transaction, which was trading a fourth-round pick for Ryan Tannehill, but he never got a chance to, to, to draft the franchise quarterback attempt. Well, I mean, it, that sounds like a familiar story. I think people around here, Joe, yeah. have heard a similar story regarding Chris Ballard. I mean, you're just rebooting and restarting, as some of which was was his doing, uh, some of which was the owner's doing, and certainly, as we saw a year ago, for the team, it was their undoing in that 412 and and one ridiculous type of season that we saw. Joe Rex Road of the Athletics on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline, the AFC South, and the Tennessee Titans, and what he covers. What are the odds you think that the AFC South gets a complete quarterback reboot with the exception of Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars by the end of this night. Oh, man, wouldn't it be amazing? You know, everybody can rip on the NFC South, but by golly, they might be the stars of tonight, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and here's the thing is, obviously, everybody's been talking. We got Adam Schefter screaming about he's willing to bet that the Texans aren't going to take a quarterback at two. But I've also heard the scenario, you know, on, on our show uh, here in Nashville. Um, you know, we ha- we have Charles Robinson from Yahoo on every uh, every week, and he was talking today with some seriousness about the Texans. Yes, not taking a two, but then taking twelve to move up to get who they want. Um, so now, the, the, now if that's the case, it may be it may be the Titans and the Texans vying for the same person as the Texans, or excuse me, Titans with 11, Texans with 12. But no, it's absolutely possible. I still don't totally buy it. And if someone said tonight we see C.J. Stroud go to the Texans at two, I'm like, okay, so it was just about all a bunch of BS. Every year we get BS, right? Yeah. And yeah. then I think, yeah, I mean, I totally expect the Colts to, to take their guy. And, and like I said, and even the Titans potentially, if they can somehow get themselves to move back or even move up from 41 – Delayed in the first, taking Hendon Hooker from Tennessee, I would say, is on the table. See, I wondered that as well. Because you mentioned the pull for Mike Vrabel from a former Ohio State Buckeye and C.J. Stroud. But seemingly, and maybe you can't, I mean, I'm just guessing right now that you could probably stick if you're Tennessee and maybe get what you like and somebody uh, not too far away down in Knoxville gets there, works out, comes back from an injury. And by all accounts, obviously, we saw his production at Tennessee before that injury. We viewed his athleticism. But one of the one things I heard around here, because everybody around here is so dialed in to leadership qualities, right? Because they've been few and far between recently that people will tell you that that may be the highest on the list, the leadership quality of Hendon Hooker. So I'd agree with you, and you probably believe that is much of a possibility, maybe even much more than people are giving it credit to be. 
Yeah, and you know, having covered a lot of the Vols, you know, over the years, the last two years, I I would say if there's somebody who's a better leader and better guy than him among the other quarterbacks, that's awfully impressive. I mean, he's he's off the charts in that way. So I think he is appealing. Look, the big question with him, other than you know, age, yes, ACL, you got to make sure that heals, but. It's just that offense. It's, I mean, the Bryles, the, it's, it's the Art Bryles offense, and we just haven't seen anyone big. It's so different. It's not just, quote-unquote, a spread offense. Spread offense is all over the NFL. But the Bryles offense with the wide splits and, and the way that they – really, they put defenses in binds in ways that NFL rules don't allow. And so there is a huge transition. So far, you know, Bryce Petty and Jared Stidham and all these guys have flamed out. I think of ultimately, eventually, we're going to get someone who does work out. Maybe he's the one, but that's that is the one question uh, about him and, and the receivers out of Tennessee as well. It's, uh, Joe Rexroad, he's the writer, columnist, athletic, Nashville. Robbie Rexroad, one zero two five, the game, it's ESPN Radio down in Nashville. Kind enough to join us on draft afternoon via the Andy Moore. Automotive Group Hotline. What do you think is going to happen, not only for the team that you cover, but at number two and maybe even more specifically for Colts fans here in Indy? What do you think they're going to be up to at four in your estimation? Uh, it's so hard. Um, I'm going to hold you to it, so yeah, you better give it a fair shot here. I think, I think, um, I think, I think the Texans are going to not take a QB. I think someone's going to get the three. I just don't know who, but I just can't believe. Once people see the Texans are, are, are not taking Stroud, I think someone's going to try to get the three um, and take Stroud. Is it going to be the Titans? I mean, maybe. That's awfully rich. I think the Colts take take Stroud if he's there, but uh, do you guys – I mean, you guys got to tell me. Like, no, really I know. I, I've said for months they're going to take Levis. I've said for months. I, 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 Joe, I mention this all the time. When you have a crap water season that, you know, we covered and went through with the fans this past year here, you dive into the what-ifs of the draft and free agency well before the end of that crappy season. So I, I, right. I, I had talked about then – how much they like Levis. And again, it is a long time to hold on to that level of like because it's much easier to find things you don't like than things you do like over that period of time about a player. But the interesting thing, that happened before complete lockdown, right? And now everything's locked down. Nobody's saying anything. And Joe, it has seemed like that the Colts have been very comfortable at being at number four. Maybe that changes tonight if somebody jumps up to Arizona at number three in front of them. But it just seems Seems like they've been very comfortable in number four, and I just wonder if there is a legitimate reason as to why they're comfortable there, and that also kind of points the finger, to me at least, to Will Levis. So that's where I've gone. Yeah, and I've you know like I've had a mock. We do a thing like in town with with uh, someone media who takes all our predictions. I, I put Titans move up to six to get Levis, thinking the Colts are going to get Stroud. But I hear you. I mean, it's been there's been so much about the Colts and Levis, so. I'll just say Titans go up and get Stroud at three. Colts take Levis. And uh, how about somehow the Texans move up to get Richardson a little bit, like move up to like seven, get Richardson, and then we have an AFC South domination of the draft, all right? Yeah, we all sound like we're doing – and I do the same thing, Joe. I sound like I'm hedging my bets on everybody, right? Although I have been solid with Levis way back months ago, I – 
want to see them get the good fortune of being able to draft C.J. Stroud. However, I'm skeptical if he's at four, if they do it. I can sit here and honestly tell you I'm skeptical if he's at four and they do that. So Yeah, I hear you. And the Stroud, you know, obviously the S2. You know, those S2 guys are from Nashville. I did a story on them a few years ago when no one knew about them, you know. So I actually took those tests a few years ago. So I, I believe in the importance of that cognitive process. I think it's a fantastic addition to the uh, to, to the evaluation process. But I think some people are starting to act like the S2 score is, you know, everything. And also, I don't believe that's his best S2 score. And I think the teams who own that information, which would include the Colts and Titans, by the way, know that. He uh, gave an incredible Kenny Powers-esque answer yesterday that saying I, I didn't come here to take tests i came here to play football and i i mean he had me first here at the combine joe of being a ball placement specialist because that hasn't been a real specialty of anybody around here certainly since philip rivers it's been a while so he had me then but the kenny powers-esque answer to that question yesterday i thought all right if you have the good fortune if he's there at four that's who you need to draft right there i don't care about the s2 or whatever draft him yeah i mean if you watch the georgia game my gosh i think that would be enough he's he's good i mean my personal belief like the only quarterback that i would significant money on being great is bryce young i'm just a huge huge fan of bryce young and i think everybody else has has their flaws but cj stroud to me might have the highest floor i think there's something to be said for that i think he's going to be good and with, like, Richardson and Levis, I mean, I think they both could be fantastic, but I'm, I'm, I, there's a lot to, to wonder about whether they'll actually develop and get there. And Stroud has got a lot going for him already, so, I think. So did you take the S2? Well, so I did. You know, I took – I didn't take, like, all nine. I took, like, four or five of them, and I sucked. But I, I, I told them, like, I wish I would have, like, just done it so I would have had some hilariously bad S2 score to tell people because it would have been bad. But it actually made me feel better about my failed athletic career. It wasn't just bad athleticism. It was also, like, my brain is terribly slow. So, it was, you know, in a way, it sort of comforted me. Yeah. Man, I don't know about me then. That's terrible. It's kind of like playing – it's kind of like, you know, in the old days you play like Atari you, know, you yeah. play Pong or something, you know? Like it's a lot of stuff like that. Well, like that's what I thought. Would it make me better at – yeah. Would it make me better at playing Galaga? Because that's what matters. <laughs> Asteroids, man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, no. <When> that UFO <laughs> it, you know, it disappears and all of a sudden pops back up. Exactly. I'll be more prepared for it. Yeah, so. All right, I'm assuming you're writing about the draft later on tonight. Tell the folks where they can find your stuff, Joe. Yeah, uh, yep, at com, and then on Twitter, at Joe Rexro. Awesome, man. Well, enjoy the show, enjoy the writing, and we'll probably catch back up once this thing is in the books here to see how everything came out down in Nashville, too. And, hey, thanks for, by the way, building that stadium and completely squeezing Indy out of any chance ever again of hosting a Super Bowl. Well done. Thank you. Oh, man. Uh, well, thanks for having me. I tell you what, I- I'll say this still. I still think Indy should have the Final Four every, like, two or three years. So well, that, now, that I mean, now, now you guys are going to have that, too. Stop screwing us over down there. I mean, you got the country <laughs> music. You got the, a lot of chicks and everything. Come on. What are you doing? Yeah. Hey, man, I'm going to miss the outdoor football, honestly. I will.
So I'm nah, sorry. You'll get used to it, buddy. And you'll get you'll get <laughs> yeah, you'll be in the yeah. rotation of Super Bowls, and we'll be here after having a great Super Bowl that everybody was just fantastic at. Be here, you know, waiting to build another stadium to get that next Super Bowl. That's what's going to happen. So. You guys have St. Elmo's, so there we go. True dad. Fair trade. Joe, I appreciate it. (laughs) Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20-milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Mandy Moore Automotive Group Hotline, gallerysports.com, sportsradio610.com in Houston. He is retired from the Houston Chronicle. Incredible resume, incredible knowledge for Houston and sports in particular. The Texans, he's a friend of the show. John McClain joins us now. Hello, John. How you doing? I couldn't be better. Thank you. I wish you were up here for Carb Day. I'd show you a hell of a time. Yeah, I know. I should come up there. I've never been there when it didn't have anything to do with football, whether the playoffs, Texans were there, the Oilers were there, or the Combine. Right. So, you know, one of these days, hopefully maybe, because it's an absolute blast. You've been so kind to the show over the years. We do certainly appreciate that. So I'm going to go with you because I know that you are in the know when you hear all these rumors coming nationally, I mean, across the country from people about what Houston is or maybe won't do at number two overall. What is your sense, your theory, your thoughts on what's going to transpire later on this evening at number two? They're desperate for a quarterback and an edge rusher. Their edge rusher, Jerry Hughes, is turning 35 during training camp. Their other edge rusher, and he's in the last year of his contract. Their other edge rusher, Jonathan Gennard, last year of his contract. He's missed 13 games because of injuries. They lost their third edge rusher to the Browns in free agency. They are desperate for an edge rusher. But they also don't want to go into next season with Davis Mills and Case Keenum as their quarterback. So in my last of my seven mock drafts, I had them going with Texas Tech defensive end Tyree Wilson and then drafting quarterback Hendon Hooker with their other first-round pick. And I hope I'm wrong. I hope they take a quarterback second overall because anything else, people understand D'Amico Ryans. He wants to build a defense up predicated on first-round picks in the defensive line like he had in San Francisco. He had three first-round picks with the 49ers up front, none in the back seven, and he wants to build up that pass rush. So I can understand it, but you can get an edge rusher with the 12th pick. You better take the quarterback. You got 49er philosophies, both sides of the football with D'Amico Ryans coming in, both defensively, as you mentioned, yes, and then offensively as well? Yeah, uh, they, the offense they're going to run is the offense they ran under Gary Kubiak, which is Kyle Shanahan's offense, which was Mike Shanahan's offense, which started with Bill Walsh. And so they, the difference in them and the 49ers, they don't have talent at every level like the 49ers did. And I don't know if it hurt D'Amico Ryans to see Mr. Irrelevant play so well and then thinking, well, we can get a Mr. Irrelevant again or if they understand their desperate need for a quarterback. But they want to be able to play the same systems. Bobby Slowick, who was with Kyle Shanahan nine years, uh, beginning in Washington in the last 
six with uh, the 49ers. He's the new offensive coordinator. He's a first-time play caller. D'Amico will be a first-time uh, play caller on defense. He's not said for sure if he's going to do that over defensive coordinator Matt Burke, who's also new. I believe that D'Amico Ryans will call the defense, so they'll have two first-timers. But, you know, you got to learn sometime. There's a lot of first-time play callers. You know, Shane Steichen was fortunate that Nick Sirianni let him call plays. They gave him a head start on uh, these other former offensive coordinators who have become head coaches. So John McClain joining us before the 2023 NFL Draft via the Andy Moore Automotive Group Pylon. You had mentioned your final mock draft has you know the two first-rounders being Tyree Wilson, number two, and Hendon Hooker again later on in, in round number one with that second pick that they have. Uh, what are the pros and the cons with Hendon Hooker in particular, the likes and the dislikes that you have about his game at quarterback translating to the NFL level, John? I, I, I can tell you what people say and we're talking about media people because we don't know what the teams say but a lot of those media people used to be in the nfl now there's a reason they're not in the nfl and they're in the media and so they say he only had to read at the field well that was josh heupel's system and he mastered it he started virginia tech he played in a different offense and he blew out his knee in uh, december but nobody doesn't come back from a torn ACL. He turned 25 on January 1st. Well, if he comes in to the NFL 25 and he plays till he's 35, that's a 10-year career. Texans have never had a quarterback play more than seven, and that was Matt Schaub, and probably four of those were good seasons. David Carr played five, so they've never had a quarterback came close to playing 10 seasons. So a lot of people I know like Hooker a lot. Problem is, you know, he couldn't work out. So the fact is his his stock has gone up because of the meetings they've had with him, extensive. They've talked to him about everything involving football. He's gotten great reviews from Josh Heupel and the people at Virginia Tech. So I think he's going in the first round. Everybody has him going lower than I do, and I base that on if the Texans don't take a quarterback with that second pick, they better get one at 12 unless they think they're going to trade for Trey Lance. Uh, uh, John McClain is with us. Let's just say they select a quarterback at number two. What's your thought there? Um, There's words gone around that they they don't like C.J. Stroud. Now, uh, the two Houston Chronicle beat writers, the ESPN beat writer who covers the Texans, they all pick C.J. Stroud. I hope they're right. Uh, because they, uh, other than the S2 cognition test, you don't see anything negative about Stroud. People are saying he didn't run much. Well, that's ridiculous. He said the combine. I got receivers running open. It'd be doing them again justice if I didn't get them a ball. He showed in several games against Northwestern when he rose for 72 yards. He ran 12 times against Georgia in that great performance in the playoffs that if he needs to move, he can move. So I'm hoping it's Stroud. They have a fan fest here with five thousand people and if it's will levis people are going to boo him like crazy kind of like they did when they took that white fellow in 2011 so john mcclain covers everything at sportsradio610.com gallerysports.com getting reset for the nfl draft with a perspective from houston the second overall selection with that in mind your thoughts on levis on what you think he is, and again, he can evolve into as an NFL quarterback because that's that's who I have the Colts selecting of. I, I go back really months 
because I'd heard something about their interest months ago. You know, when this whole season was just awful around here, you start talking about draft possibilities and quarterbacks of a long-term future. And that was the first thing that I'd heard. And then they went, you know, under, you know, double secret probation lockdown where nobody is taking a breath and nothing's getting out of, you know, their inner circle over there. And I understand that. But it's still Levis for me. Give me some pros and cons on your belief at the next level Will Levis possesses. I would certainly take him over Anthony Richardson, who's the ultimate boomer bust prospect. Um, Levis, as we know, has got great size. He's got great arm. He's tough. He can run. You know, he'll run over people. He'll run through people. He'll have to learn to start sliding. But uh, he lost last season his offensive coordinator. He lost two starting offensive linemen, two starting wide receivers, and he had a toe injury. And if you look at 2021, he was better for probably those reasons. NFL teams see every throw, games, practice. They talk to people. The rest of us don't have a prayer of talking about and talking to about a prospect. And I think, and I watched the on the clock with the Manning family that they've done on the top four quarterbacks other than Stroud, who didn't go there. And one of the things I paid attention to was – Eli and Peyton watching tape from this season. And, of course, they're not going to put bad plays on there. But, man, the plays that they put on there about Levis, throwing that ball in a tight window with his arm strength, showing his mobility, his maneuverability in the pocket, and and hurdling a defensive player. Uh, If the Texans end up drafting Will Levis, I wouldn't have a problem with it whatsoever. And I think if the Colts get him, and he's more, much more Shane Steichen's kind of quarterback to me, a guy who plays more like Jalen Hurts. C.J. Stroud doesn't play like Jalen Hurts. He doesn't run around and run the ball like Hurts did, and Levis does. I think it would be great if the Texans, the Colts, and the Titans all took quarterbacks. And then you would it's like they all have had a baby, and you'd watch the baby grow and see who does the best job of raising their kid while they compete against Trevor Lawrence. Nah, there's no doubt about that. John McClain is with us. A final thing, the, the boom versus the bust, the ultimate you described in Anthony Richardson. Where, where's your lean on that before we even see him play it down in the NFL? I have him going to the Seahawks at five because he could sit a year. be great learning behind Geno Smith. Everybody else has Jalen Carter, which probably means it'll be Jalen Carter. And then he could fall. And um, almost all the highlights we see of him, he's running the ball. And that's great. I want to see him throw the ball more. But he was 6-6 six and six last season. He was uh, started 13 games in his career. If he'd have gone back, he'd have been right up there with Caleb Williams and uh, Drake May as the highest-rated quarterbacks next year. But he came out. He needs to go with a team that has stability with their offense, their coaches. And I think Seattle would be ideal for him. Uh, maybe the Raiders. I don't know. But I think Tennessee's trying real hard to trade up. Don't know who it's for. But they really do want to trade up. I think they're trying to get Stroud. I know Mike Vrabel is real close with Ryan Day. Ryan Day's the first coach he tried to hire to come to Tennessee with him. But Day was promoted to head coach. And uh, so I'm guessing he's the one they're trying to trade up to get. And uh, but Anthony Richardson's going to be a project. You got to be ready to not try to force him into the lineup. I'd guess that Rand Carthon is probably letting Rabel kind of run a lot of that show down there. 
in this draft. You know, new GMs want to put their stamp on a franchise, and if Brable's the one that strongly influences him and lets him take the credit, people be happy. If they're able to trade up and get a quarterback, fans there will rejoice because everybody's down on Ryan Tannehill. Last year's contract, almost $40 million cap figure, and uh, so he might be the most expensive sub since the Nautilus because if the rookie they draft plays any shows any kind of progress, he's going to be on the field. And Nautilus is going to, I mean, Nautilus, uh, Tannehill <laughs> is going to be the sub. Hey, man, my show's always better when you're on it, man. Always. Thank you. You got it. My hey, John, we, <laughs> we'll, ch- we'll check back in with you coming up Anytime. in uh, days down the road, John. But uh, thanks as always for coming on. My pleasure. Life is full of things to manage your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20-milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Andy Moore, Automotive Group Hotline. There is what I like to call in southern Indiana a shindig going on later on tonight over at the Colts Complex, West 56th Street. There is a radio show, round number one of the NFL Draft. That is going to be covered by the voice of the Colts, Matt Taylor, along with Joe Wrights, along with Rick Venturi, and then the MC work. And looking back on what was a tremendous acting career, just, I mean, across the sci-fi network, nobody, nobody had ever done it better than our next guest we call Jeffrey Gorman, the Gorman, affectionately on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. So how long are you going to explain your career to everybody tonight? How long will that take? Not happy, John, right out of the gate. I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> I thought I thought Rake Straw was covering for you, so I agreed to do this. But uh, I understand it is you on the horn. So as I've said to you before, my friend, there's B movies and there's C movies. Yeah. And then when you get into my acting career, you're in the D&E world. You know what I'm saying? Oh, so, yeah. Well, I mean, listen, let me tell you this. You are a far better actor than Lorenzo Lamas. Thank you. I appreciate that. I want you to know that. I appreciate that. Not saying a whole hell of a lot, but you know, I, I, appreciate, <laughs> I appreciate it. He's the same guy. He's the same guy every movie, it seems. There's some sort of turmoil. He has very little to wear. His skin is, you know, oily and, and sweaty. And his hair's and blowing. Hair perfect. His hair's yeah. blowing so, in the breeze. Yes. Yeah, just put a storyline behind that. John, it's a... It's a good time of the year right here. Who you got? Uh, who you have us taking it for? Uh, you guys are selecting Will Levis. Does, right. does Chris okay. know that yet? Go down. Kay, are you in the building? Go down and tell Chris that that's what they're doing. I'm near the building. I'll say that. I'm out in nature right now, but near 56th Street Complex. I'm just uh, out in nature. Yeah, just looking at the trees, John, getting a nice break whiff of fresh air here and there. I'm going to be locked in from about 4 o'clock to midnight tonight, so. Just kind of taking a little in before we head that way. I got Edger and James coming up. We're going to have him on the uh, on the show coming up pretty soon uh, tomorrow. Actually, on uh, oh, on, uh, you'll you'll hear that on Colts Happy Hour or um, uh, the Last Word rather. So we got a, we got a few things rolling before this draft gets going. But I, I love hearing different uh, different opinions on who we're going to get. And I you know I mean if I was in if I was Ursay or Ballard or Sykin yeah. at this point, do you really know John? Because you don't know what Wright's going to do down in Carolina. You don't know what what the Texans are going to do. Are they going to shift something and grab a grab a defensive player? Are they going to you know they going to trade back and grab somebody later on in the round? The same thing can be said with Arizona. What they're doing, 
you know, with everybody talking about Tennessee moving it up and grab a quarterback. So, I, I mean, the funny thing is I don't think anybody in the, in the NFL world really knows who's going where, you know, four hours before we kick this thing off. It, as Popo used to say, I'm talking about Bill Poley, and he'd say, we'll, we'll, let, we'll Popo used to say, we'll let the draft board dictate who we're going to take. See, so whatever that yeah, means. Now, listen, they all know. They know basically where this thing is going, don't you think? Because they always tell us every time afterwards, yeah, it's just like what you just said from Bill Polian, we're going to let let the draft board take us there. They, they know exactly where this is going. Or if it's not exactly, it's in the neighborhood of knowing know, exactly where it's going. But, John, the neighborhood is Bryce Young or, or C.J. Stroud or Will Levis or Anthony Richardson. I mean, how do you know that Frank, Frank isn't coveting a 20-year-old quarterback who's going to be on his second contract before he's 24, 25, in Anthony Richardson. I mean, we don't know that that that, that, that franchise doesn't covet a quarterback like that. 20 years so old. So you're guys. suggesting 20. that would shake things up. All right, I'm writing things down. I'm taking notes here. Taking just go notes. ahead. I'm just saying, who knows? If you know who's going number one overall, go to Vegas, bro. I don't know if it's Anthony Richardson. Oh, if I would go Levin, to Vegas with Bryce Trump. Young. You wouldn't go to Vegas with Bryce Young? Well, you got everybody's been talking about Bryce Young for the thing, and then the one thing that nobody's talking about is the elephant in the room: his size, his size, his size. I love the kid; he's dynamic. They people call him Steph Curry with a football. I totally agree. He showed up at at two hundred four pounds at uh, at the combine after playing at about one eighty eight. And I'm just saying that's something that these general managers, owners, head coaches look into the durability of a quarterback body. Because after seventeen weeks, if you're still at two hundred five. You're doing something right. Those guys will be they'll be dropping weight throughout the year, John. These guys that aren't aren't, you know, offensive linemen and stuff. Guys that are right around 190, 200 pounds are gonna be dropping back into the one eighties after seventeen weeks in the NFL, John. It's a grind. It's uh the Goreman got a big event out at the Colts Complex tonight he's gonna be a part of. And of course, uh, unfortunately Edrin James will not be on this show tomorrow. He's gonna be on uh, I'm assuming the last word with you guys tomorrow, I correct? Got you. Tell me when you want him after tomorrow. He's yours. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you, man. Yeah, just let me know. And listen, I want to talk to you about this thing going on tonight because if you're a Colts fan, you're wondering Mm -hmm. what the heck's going on out there, you can get in on the action. There's 500 people that are coming to the complex, season ticket holders. Uh, You know, there'll be a few guests guests there. I think Shane Steichen will talk to a few of the season ticket holders a half hour before the draft kicks off. There'll be some other surprises there. But that's all well and good. That's all fun. I don't even know how those 500 people got there other than being season ticket holders. But – Buffalo Wild Wings in the general area of Indianapolis. I'm talking about Broad Ripple, Greenwood, Plainfield, and Westfield. You'll have some alumni players there, a bunch of giveaways. You can also do the draft night bingo, qualify for uh, to win a pair of tickets to a road green and get uh, your, your lodging and hotel and, and airfare taken care of. Don't forget you got Jim Irsay's Million Dollar Schedule Challenge, John. I hope you, you apply for that. Deadline Man, is I need it. I need I mean, that. Million, million bucks. Am I eligible? Schedule. I have not entered. Am I eligible for the one million dollars? I think you are. You you basically work as a contractor for the Colts hosting our our pregame show, but nobody looks at you as an employee. So, um, <laughs> so some less than others. Yes. <laughs> I think you're you're eligible. How about this? You can go to shop as soon as the the the, the pick is announced at number four. You can go to shop.colts.com and say, hey, I want the fill-in-the-blank jersey with this number on it. And and you can get the guy that they get and have your your, your uh, jersey ordered first and foremost right today. You can do it at about you know 8.35, 8.45 by the time the Colts pick their first-round pick in the, uh, the fourth overall. So that's at shop.colts.com. i got to get a couple of these reads in. Sorry for your listeners right here, but we got a lot of crap going on in the Colts world. I need to get out. 
Everything you need to find out is at Colts.com slash draft. There's a lot of stuff going on tonight. We're having another private event at the back nine, which is something like Top hmm. Golf, I heard. No, I didn't get invited to that either. What the hell? Duran, Billy Brooks, all the boys will be down there as well, and it's going to be a fun one. At the, it'll be a fun hang tonight with those 500 people that are waiting because uh, the big screens will be flying, John. There'll be some giveaways there. I'm trying to trying to coax Ursay to say hello to the crowd really quick, get him fired up before he goes into the war room. So it's going to be a great night tonight. But I'm telling you, that Buffalo Wild Wings thing, there's a lot of great giveaways and stuff, and we'll have Colts representatives out there. Everybody will be cheering on this first-round pick. So it's an exciting day, John. But like I said, once again, I wish it was Greg Rakestraw and not you today. I'm not a, not a huge fan of yours as I am as Greg. He is uh, the star of the 2002 classic Bear Witness alongside Angie Everhart and Daniel Baldwin, Jeffrey Gorman. Did you get to see Angie Everhart naked in that? No, I did not, but I had struck up a nice friendship with Angie. She had did a little really? trailer next to mine and had, well, a, had a nice chit-chat between socks. And she's probably got a nice little trailer and, right now, too, doesn't she? Nice little trailer. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. <laughs> Wherever she goes. So, no, I'm saying it was, uh, we did those shoots. I didn't work very long on it, but every shoot started at 12 midnight until 7 or 8 a.m. on that one. It was all yeah. overnights. I remember that. And it, you know, show up in the east side of L.A. at a house that's, you know. Ooh, I thought, I thought know, Angie Everhart back in the day was hot. She was smoke. What do you mean back in the day? Well, Still? Look at her now. She's, well, I haven't seen her is, recently. I don't know. John, if you're beautiful at 20, you're beautiful at 80. What are you talking about, brother? I mean, come on. It's either it's like you. You never had that look, you know that. No, that I'm no, I'm reclaiming it. Look. I, I never yeah. had it, but I'm I'm backwards. No. I'm like Benjamin oh, yeah. Button right here. I'm going from yeah. bad to bad, bad to good, backwards. You look like you should be. Yes, you you be the guy on the back of the harvester getting the crops up. <laughs> it's a Gorman got that event <laughs> later on tonight. Now, is that um, the back nine, by the way, is a great place. I mean, a great right, place. Yeah. Shout out to Danny Hayes over at the back nine. Ask for him. Is that event that's open to the public tonight? I think it's a private event, but I don't know if the whole place is closed down. It uh, sounds like uh, Colts have got a good uh, handle on stuff, but there is going to be some great stuff going down there. I don't know that the whole thing is rented out, but I should probably talk to our marketing director before I go on these interviews. But I'm going to say this. Go down there, you'll have a good time. It's NFL draft night. It comes once a year. We got the top five pick. Closest we've been is Quentin Nelson a few years ago, and now all eyes are on the quarterback. So I'm just just laughing because I've talked with you a lot of this offseason when we Mm chit-chatted about the Colts not taking a quarterback at that pick and what that does for the fan base and what that does for the – have you changed your win on that? Nah, like 98% of them will be irate and pissed if they don't. It'd be two percent that I go. Hey, I told you so. That's just what Chris Ballard does. I know nothing about the draft. I swear I don't know. I about agree. It, guys, we can tell. But if, guys, <laughs> but if these guys covet three of the four top quarterbacks and and their pick comes up and and their three guys aren't there, what what are they? What 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 does Chris Ballard or, or another NFL GM do at that point? And that's what they call call reaching, right, John? I mean, if you're if you're going for a pick that's not on your covet board. And there's three guys that are bang, bang, bong. They're gone off the top. And you're left with, hey, we don't have a high grade on this guy. Do you have to take him? Because the fan base is saying, get a quarterback. I mean, that's 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 not, not just uh, They're not doing because not the fan base. They're doing because that's what they want. They know that's what they want. And, again, that's why I suggest that they pretty much know what's going to go down right now. That's, that's one thing, and I'll give them credit. Everything's been locked up tight over there. That's fantastic. Sure. I mean, not even a whisper, Absolutely. not even a breath coming out of there. 
But it's been very quiet in terms of any rumors whatsoever. And it just kind of seems like the Colts have been, Gorman, incredibly comfortable at number four, which to me means they're comfortable and know what they're going to get and they're getting what they want. So that's my belief. Do you think they'll move up? I don't. Do you think they'll move down? I don't. Okay, so you're saying they're locked in. And again, my point is, if you covet three of the top four quarterbacks and three of them are off the board, what do you do? Do you take a reach and say, well, I like this guy 70%, but uh, the other 30% we're just going to have to wing it. I mean, they already know. They already know. They know they they like Will Levis, and that's who they're going to take. They know he's going to be there at four. It's based on John. On John, okay. Based <laughs> yeah, on JMV's yeah. my twisted well, logic that I'm giving well, get you. Get your ass over to the complex tonight. I can get what? you in the back door. You can't You're not either. A season ticket holder, but you know I can get you in there. I don't know, man. I don't, I, I, what's the percentage of people that like me over there any longer? Has it been a falling number percentage-wise recently? No, I think you're well loved, John. I really Am do. I really? I think you're well loved. Yeah, you're special, John. Don't forget that. So, well, people love special people. You know? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they, <laughs> sure they do. It's uh, the Goreman on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Pod You tell me who you think they're going to take. Give me a, oh, an opinion. God. Are you allowed I, to I share no an opinion? Idea. I don't even think so. I'm, I'm, I'm afraid to at this point so close to the thing. I have no opinion on it because I don't know who's going to be there. I mean, nobody's let up their card. These quarterbacks are all – Spinning around on that sort of hamster wheel is who's going number one. The hot, you know, the rumor mill came out. It's all now Will Levis now, and then he's going to go number one, and it was Bryce Young forever. And, then, hey, Frank Wright fell in love with C.J. Stroud. What's going on? And everybody wants to get their hands on the 20-year-old from Gainesville because, you know, they can work with him. He'll be 23 years old. He'll still be on a rookie contract, that type of stuff. So you have a lot of factors to weigh in on this stuff, John. Lots. And I have no clue – on what they do. I don't know what Arizona does. I'm, I'm more interested to see at this point what Arizona is going to do with the three overall than, than what we're going to do with the four because it's dictating what, what, what what's going to happen with us, I believe. Do you think they'll, you think they would move up? Who, us? Yeah. Well, why not? I mean, I mean, I, I think they would move down. I think they would, Chris Ballard said, I, hey, I like picks, but I'm not surprised at this draft at all. If we move up, if we move down, if they go after a guy they covet and they say, hey, this is our next quarterback for the next 12 years, this is our guy, then you got to do what you got to do. I don't, I mean, I have no clue on this thing, and I don't even think, the, you know, the greats from ESPN and beyond. Have no, I agree. Idea, no, I do agree with you on that. Kuiper. I do. You know, I, I do. Mean, I mean, Kuiper and McShay, we go by what they're talking about, but, ah, John, it's just like, I, I don't know. These guys are talking about, this is a, you know, a CEO they're talking about hiring. You know what I mean? A 12, 10 to 12-year guy, not just the Colts, but all these other quarterbacks. You don't want to blow it on this thing. You don't, you, you know, you can't afford to blow it on this thing because you put your franchise back five years if you don't hit on the quarterback. I think that Shane Steichen should have the the highest percentage of choice in this. Is that fair? Gotcha, yeah. I, yeah, and by the way, going back to the private event over at the back nine, don't yeah. show up. All right, yeah, don't show up. Yeah, don't show up. Well, they'd love me over there. Is, is the big man going to be there? The big man going to be there for a bit? Big man will not be at the back nine. The big fella is going to be. The big fella will be in his office, and he will be uh, with monitors all around him and paperwork all around him, and and a, a telephone in his ear, and then he'll finally make a stroll back to the war room, and he'll get. They'll give them the uh, the lay of the land and what the latest is, and then finally that first pick goes off and what that means for the team then, and the second pick goes off and what that means for the team. That'd be exciting, and I think uh, 
I don't think I'm letting anything out of the bag, but we're going to see this down the road. Don't forget with the next pick the Colts have. No, no doubt. Uh, one of the gr- one of the greatest uh, you know dramas I like to call it in sports when you watch about what goes into uh, this overall first pick. I mean, first round pick rather, uh, not not first round overall. But uh, I, and it's going to be exciting. Those cameras are in there, and we're going to be hearing about what they're talking about right when they're talking about. Hey, the Texans are on the clock. Hey, Arizona's on the clock. Colts are on the clock. We'll get all that stuff. And, again, you can find out all the information at Colts.com. A couple of other special guests are going to be there. You know, Ursay likes to bring a bunch of people out and get them into the war room. So it'll be interesting to see who he has there tonight. Inside the Goreman right there. There's a lot going on with the Colts. And, of course, the uh, show, the draft show with Matt Taylor, Rick Venturi, and Joe Wrights begins at 7 o'clock here on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. I think I, I need to ask you this. And I mentioned this yesterday. Um, it's in Kansas City tonight. I think for some reason it's going to your home state of Michigan, that crap hole that is Detroit next. When yeah. is Indy going to get the draft? Should that not be coming up? Is it going to be if the combine leaves town? Is there a give or take there? When is Indy going to get the draft? Uh, I don't know. You got to talk to Peter Ward about that. Who knows? I mean, we got get the him on the get him on the horn. Where is he? Everybody, everybody wants a piece of the combine. So if they can double up and give us. Give us the combine again and, uh, and and circle back. It'd be a great great area for the draft here. I mean, the weather's perfect oh, yeah. this time of year. You could do it outside. You could close down the streets downtown if you wanted to. It's a hell of an event. Uh, you know, say what you will about me, but it's a great great destination for a sporting event, and we've proven that. But, no, that'd be great. Well, I, I've, I I've said this, out- Gorman, about the same time that the Pacers get back – in the postseason and playing well is when you want the draft here. You want all that going on at once because we know how special it is in the spring, warmer temperatures. Everybody's excited about the product going on. That's when you need the draft here. So I I don't know how that works. Do you guys have to put in a bid or something? Who's in? I mean, do I call Pete Ward? I'm going to text him right now and see if he can put in a bid. Yeah, give Peter Ward, Stephanie Pemberton, even okay. Roger Vandersnick with the great hair. Give him a call, bro, and just say, hey, we need to get this thing yeah. here. I'm telling you, we should start a campaign for it. The people have spoken. Let's go. It's a, yeah, I thought you would be the person to ask about that because I'm no. skeptical. I am skeptical about the future of the Super Bowl at any time being here. Now that Nashville has cleared the way to build that new stadium, it's going to have a roof on it, going to be indoors. So I'm very skeptical that this city will ever get another Super Bowl uh, in my lifetime. But uh, the, the, draft, the draft will be great. Let's do it. Yeah, the, dra- the draft is draft is something that they're going to move around. It might take us a you know a dozen years to get it here again, but I think this thing will be a traveling circus the way that it is. And outside is the best, uh, you know, Music City down in Nashville, McAfee up there and whatnot. I think that was um, that was that was sort of the catalyst of what, what what you can have at these things. You can have a nice outdoor event, have different you know sections for the fans to walk up, have a VIP section there as well, and, and do it outside. Hopefully, you get the good weather and. And let it roll. But, you know, this thing, NFL is a king, man. We've, they've proven that. I mean, we've got NBA playoffs going on tonight against the NFL draft. Don't forget there's a game tonight. So I'll be interested to see what the, what the ratings are on NFL draft versus NBA playoff game. Yeah, I don't know if the NBA wants to see that. So I don't want to see that. I think, they'll get, yeah, I think they'll get swamped tonight. I don't even know who's playing. Boston, Atlanta, maybe? What time do I need to turn in my uh, the name on the card for number four to Chris Ballard? What What time? Just do it now, bro. Just, just think do so? it now. Yeah, just get it done now. Call your contacts at the 56th Street. Say, hey, I got an email coming. Follow through, and then I told you so for four hours tomorrow, John. He, he, oh, man, I can't wait for that. He looked like that he 
he kind of at times liked me during the combine. A little Who, bit. Who's he? Chris Ballard. He looked like he kind no, of at times liked no. me. No, no, can't stand you, John. Yeah. No, not a, That's what not I a thought. fan of yours. I have no idea. I just, you're right. You're probably you're right. You're, you're more yourself right. up for that one. No, who does who does Ballard not like in the press? Come oh on, he yeah, nice. He calls you by your first name. He hey, he goes up there and does the deal. He knows it's part of the gig. All right, you know? big night for you later on tonight. Enjoy that out there with uh, the fans and the season ticket holders, and enjoy Edger and James' will, conversation uh, tomorrow too. Well, I will say on on the air tomorrow, JMB was right. If your call from Kentucky is the pick. Yeah, I want I want C.J. Stroud though. Okay. Yeah. You don't want Bryce Young? I, no, because Frank Reich is going to draft Bryce Young. Okay, well, you know, not, not what I, I'm asking. I mean, how can I have I have this figured out I already, and they don't? Come on. Right. I can't have a conversation with. Him. I said, "Do you want Bryce Young?" Well, I can't have him because Frank's grab him. How do you know? Here we go again. I know. You want? We know. You want Bryce Young? You want Bryce Young? Bryce Young's going to go number one overall. Okay. Do you want him? Oh, would would I? Want him with the Colts? Absolutely. Why would you not want Bryce Young? I don't care about how tall he is or isn't. Doesn't matter to me. He looked like a pretty damn good quarterback. You want Richardson from Florida? Uh, that's that's the one that I'm most skeptical about. Now again, I'm impressed. Nah, I, go, I, I, I would not. No. Uh. Uh-uh. Okay. So I, you want three of the four? You'll take. No, I'm just saying I want Stroud. I want Stroud. I got to pare this thing down to one. And in this case, it's the one that I want. And then the one that I feel that they're going to draft. So that's my answer right there. I want C.J. Stroud, but I think they're going to draft Will Levis. And, and, you, and you'd and you get a tattoo of Bryce Young on your shoulder if, if we got him, too. I'm not getting and, any and then, ink, brother. Come on now. And, and then you, you'll get a stamp tramp if Will Levis is selected. <laughs> I know you, John. And by the way, how are the Jords working right now in this nice weather that's going on? Because I know you got grass-stained shoes on and basketball shorts or jeans uh, shorts. Oh, yeah, I'm looking too. good right here. I am. Looks <laughs> like every day. I think I've worn the same thing uh, for three consecutive days. I'm looking great. All right. I got to go get some fajitas, John. I'll talk to you. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. On the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline, Mike Chapel of CBS4 and Fox 59 joins us. Uh, did it make you laugh when you saw five years, $260 million, and wondered for a minute why any of us wasted our breath around here about that possibility for Lamar Jackson? Yeah, what struck me was it's like, was it $5 million more than Jalen Hurts got? Yeah. So, you know, and that's how it works. You know, I, I fully encourage a situation like Lamar Jackson where you see what you're worth and, and, and max it out. But at some point you've got to realize where you sit, even at, at the top, at the top of the list, there is a ceiling and uh, you know, and now Joe Burrow, you know, I think he's kind of next or who is it? Justin Herbert. So and what's really funny is you hope after tonight that in five years, the Colts have this problem. To have, boy, how are we going to resign this guy? Because we found out he's the guy. And when you, boy, when you got the guy, you just don't let him go. But first, you got to find him. And they kept him. 
So, you know, I thought at the time that that was going to be a wasted argument, and as it turned out, it was absolutely a wasted argument. That's probably probably the kind of contract he would have got on an offer sheet, something along that line. Maybe a little more. I don't know. But, you know, there was – barring him really putting his heels in on the – what did I say the guarantee was? $189 million uh, of the 260. I, I haven't got my math. That's probably 65%. Of, I don't know what it is. But And it's all about guaranteed money. That, that That's all that's important in any of these. So, you know, good for him. Now the Ravens – and again, like we talked, I thought it was very, very unlikely – the Colts ever would have gone after him seriously. Now, maybe they called and said, what if, I don't even know if it ever got to that point. But Jim Irsay sort of, you know, threw water all over that back at the owners' meetings. And this was the outcome that was most, most likely. And now after we get Rodgers in New York and we get him back in Baltimore, we can go about our lives. It's uh, Mike Chappell of CBS4 and Fox 59 on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. I have said that Shane Steichen should have the highest level of decision-making power on the quarterback they choose, knowing that's not probably going to happen. But would you agree with that? You think at this point he deserves a little bit more of a decision-making power over the general manager and the owner in this case? Yes, and I think I think Ursay mentioned that uh, as far as Ursay's impact that he's going to let Chris Ballard and I think he mentioned Steichen make the decision unless they were out in left field and he just didn't agree with them, and that wouldn't be the case. I think this is one where you allow Chris Ballard and his staff, and, and it's a collaborative effort with the staff, let them do all the homework, let them get these quarterbacks aligned, and then you go to Steichen and say, okay. What do you see? What work? What do you think works best for you in his mind? You know, and and maybe it includes Bryce Young first. Well, he's going to be off the board. But if if you don't let Shane Steichen sort of have sort of the final say after they've done their work to let the quarterback or to let let, let the head coach slash quarterback guy decide which one works best for him, then what are you doing? I mean, give everyone the best chance to to succeed. And I really think, from from having been around him and and knowing as much as we can, I don't think Chris Ballard has the type of ego who where he says, you know, no, this is the guy, this is the guy. And the second says, no, he's not. And it, and then the the GM overrule him. I really think that they might be on you know, similar paths anyway. But it, it, to me, if there's, if there's much of a, of a disagreement, let, let, let the head coach, I guess, put his neck out there, kind of like they did with Frank. I mean, you know, they gave Frank a lot of rope, and then it finally came back and, you know, got him. But, yeah, I'm with you. And, and I do think that, that Steichen will have a heavy, heavy hand in this, and but th- that's the way they work, the way they do with coaches and their scouts and all this. Now it's a little different when you get the first, the fourth overall pick. But I just think if you don't let your new coach, who's supposedly this great quarterback guy, and, and he's shown he's got the track record, then, then if you trust him to be your head coach, 
trust him to be your quarterback guy as well, and, and I'm totally on board with you. So, Mike Chappell with us. What's the best-case scenario in this first round for the Colts tonight? Probably that Houston takes a pass rusher. You know, the best case is that Houston takes a pass rusher and Arizona stays put and takes a pass rusher. Then you get the pick of everybody not named Bryce Young. That's the best-case scenario. Now, I don't think that even remotely happens. I'm, again, I we've talked. I, I Having been around this so long, I, I just can't believe Houston passes on a QB unless they think they can get the pass rusher and come back at 12 and get their guy. And I don't believe it. Arizona picks at three. So we're not going to get the best case. But best case would be that when they're on the clock at four, the only quarterback off the board is Bryce Young. Yeah, and would they – I have said this. I, I am skeptical with the availability of C.J. Stroud, whom I want them to draft if they're fortunate enough to have that opportunity. But I am skeptical if they are fortunate to get that chance that they do that at number four with Stroud. Are you? I, 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 I've I been the guy all along with a lot of people that if they – if they're sitting there at four and the board's falling and they really don't, and I do believe when Ballard said that, you know, people think we have one guy targeted. I don't think they do. I think they've got three or four of these guys clustered, which in my mind is why they didn't trade up to make a stronger attempt to trade up to one is they didn't see that much difference. So why give up as much as Carolina gave up, which, you know, something similar to that. So I, I I I just think that that you know they 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 I think they stay put in in and take their guy, but boy if if there's two guys there that, and and you really see a difference in the two guys, then you trade to three, you just do, but I don't think that's what they're going to do. I think they're going to stay at four, and we're going to be talking about. Yeah, I'm with you. I sort of I sort of favor C.J. Stroud. And I was talking to Rick Venturi about this, and I don't think he agrees with me. No, he doesn't. He doesn't I, I, agree with us, no. I think he's a Richardson guy, I believe. He, he, is, a, he uh, is a Richardson guy. He's a young guy first, but he's a Richardson guy with the availability. Because he, no. he sees, he sees the, the possibility right. of such a immense ceiling. And, and, and I don't disagree. I always get a little nervous. Not a little. I get a lot nervous when a guy has off-the-charts workouts, off-the-charts pro days, and, and you know, we, we've seen so many times. You know, is it, and I mentioned to Rick, I talked to him at length yesterday, you know, is, is this Vince Young? And you hope not. I mean, you hope not. But I, I, I'm at the point that I, I'm not crazy about super risks. And and that's just what I think he is. Now, again, the upside is tremendous, potentially. I think C.J. Stroud's probably the safer pick, and that, maybe that's not the way you go. I remember when they were talking about Peyton Manning and Ryan Leaf back in the day and, and one of the discussions that Jim Irsay had with Bill Paul, and he said, okay, you know, let, let's say that, you know, Peyton is everything we think and, and we're going to win, you know, crazy with him. But if not, what, what's his what's his floor? What, what, they said, well, probably Bernie Kosar. And Kosar was pretty good. Now, he wasn't, you know, top five quarterback, but he's pretty good. And I'm not saying that's what 
C.J. Stroud is. It's just to me there's there's a little bit less risk, and then that that, that test comes out to where he's apparently not the greatest at processing quickly. I don't know. I, it's funny how these things come out so close to the draft, and it it drags somebody down. But Rich, I've said it from the start. Richardson just scares me to death because what w- w- what if you can't crank up the per- completion percentage and and the thirteen starts? And he was six. He was six and seven as a starter. It's not like in his thirteen starts he he was just over the top and good enough to carry the team and. But I, anyone who wants to argue with Richards for Richardson, I understand it. I, I, I guess I would prefer Stroud, and and it's probably it's probably going to be Levis. I just think it's probably the way it shakes out. They're going to be sitting there at four because uh, I think I still think Houston maybe takes Stroud, and then somebody I think somebody trades up to three. And if you're trading up to three, you're trading up for Richardson, whether that's Vegas, whether that's Tennessee. And then that leaves the Colts with Will Levis. So Mike Chappell's with us on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. I want to get back to something you said about you know they having these guys clustered because they uh, they don't know what's in front of them. I, I'm I'm not so much a believer in that because I think that they have a pretty good idea, regardless about what's going to happen in front of them. And I will say this: if you have these guys clustered, and then it appears that you're just taking leftovers, I, I don't like that. That's not good. I, I don't agree. like I don't like that at all. I mean, I I, I want to know that they have targeted, and and I don't want it to be BS, but I want to know that they have targeted somebody all along, and they have a belief. They just didn't go with somebody because they were clustered together, and that's not who the team that traded up in front of them selected. Well, when we get when they make the pick tonight, and we get Chris Ballard around eleven o'clock, it's going to be well. This is this is the guy we wanted. And we knew what was going to happen all along. He's going to say we knew what was happening all along. That's why I think they know now, or they at least have a very good idea now. Maybe, but 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 how do you know what Houston's going to do? And and you certainly can't know. Well, you know what Arizona Houston just didn't all of a sudden go. Okay, I think we're going to do this like five seconds before they pick. I mean, don't these these whole thoughts most of the time occur well before they actually happen, don't they? Oh, they've known. Uh, and then the way the media is now with all the social media and the postings and Twitter and Facebook and all this stuff, it just gets so loud. Uh, and keep in mind, you know, this, there's a lot of Belichick to, to, to the Texans with Casario, so you're not going to get anything from them. Uh, I just can't get past the idea that they're worse off at quarterback than the Colts are. The Colts have Gardner Minshew, which I can live with for a, for a short term. You know, they've got Davis Mills and Case Keenum. I, I, you, know, you can live with that, and they've already lost a lot of their fan base. How much more, you know, hey, you know, trust us. Well, I, I, we don't trust you. So, but I, 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 while Houston is sort of a wild card, you know what Arizona's going to do. They're going to trade out of there, and but you don't know who's going to trade up and what they're going to get. So if you believe that that one guy that you like is whoever, say it's say it's Richardson, then to me somebody moves up to three to get him. I, I just I, I just don't see somebody moving up to three to get Will Levis or, or man maybe maybe Stroud. You do I don't know I don't know. But Arizona is a wild card, and I, I would just hate that in three years 
for the Colts to be sitting there and after sitting at four and taking the guy that's there in the guy that somebody jumped in front of you at three, he's he's a lot better than your guy. He he's he's taken his team to the playoffs and you're sitting there with a guy that's either just so so or not very good. Uh, and we've talked with you know they're they're at a point now where they have to they have to take a swing and do something. And the way to do something is to be aggressive. Again, I moved I moved to three if I really like one of these guys and I don't hope he's there at four. But it, it all depends on it. It, it. One thing I asked Chris in, in a text about a week ago, I said because we always get together with him, the media, you know, a week or two after the draft, and he just always talks a lot of really good stuff that we can't write because it's all background. I said I hope you can tell us at that time how you had these quarterbacks ranked. He said he would. One thing that I asked him uh, last week at the pre-draft is, remember, I said, well, how many first-round prospects? And he said 17, you know, give or take. I think he said 17. And the, the follow-up that I didn't ask that I should have is, well, how many these quarterbacks do you have with a first-round grade? It is, it's not five. I'll, I'll bet you on that. So, and I have a hard time believing that they have four quarterbacks with 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 first round grades maybe they do i i don't know but uh it, it, it's i still i still don't see how they would know what's going to be there because you don't know for sure about houston yeah i mean maybe they maybe they've got an 80 percent idea but you've got zero idea what's going to happen at three because one you don't know who's going to go up there and two you don't know who they're going to go up there for maybe, maybe tennessee goes up there for cj stroud i don't know it's fascinating. It's always, it's always fascinating, but it's ten times more whenever quarterbacks drive the uncertainty because you've got four, maybe five guys that are really you really like if you put Hendon Hooker in there, and you've got four or five teams that once again need a quarterback. Hey, this is unfair, and you know maybe it's not the biggest determining factor, but I've had reason to believe that. They would like Hendon Hooker a lot more if he weren't coming off an injury. You buy that? Oh yeah, I do. You know, from everything you read, and I didn't watch that much of him during the season, but he, he wasn't in, in a really good NFL-ready offense because of the way they ran their offense. Right. His numbers were off the charts. Off the charts. Where would he have been in this pecking order without the ACL? Probably two or three, probably. Uh, you know, the fact that the guy didn't run the right system, you know, whereas Will Levis did, he might be more pro-ready, although I don't care because that guy's not going to really impact this coming season. I want to know what he's going to do in 2024. But, yeah, I I would really like to know where Hooker would have ranked had it not been for the ACL because his numbers were, you know, system or not, his numbers were just ridiculous. So well, and, and they, he has a trait that may be the greatest trait among these quarterbacks we've discussed, and something that matters to the Colts a great deal because it has been missing from this team at that position for a while, and that is the quality of leadership. Right, that is something right. that is a front runner with all these quarterbacks in mind, and it may not be the biggest deal for everybody that's selecting a quarterback now, but it is a it, pretty close to the top of the list for them. And I, from from what I had heard, he holds that quality 
certainly much higher than the others that we're talking about right now. So Yeah, and again, I always get skewed on Manning, and that's what he brought. You know, yeah, yeah, he's a pretty darn good quarterback, but he, he commanded the huddle from day one. He just did. From the from the time he walked in that building, you just knew. You know, and, and go back and talking to Bill Pauline about all the, the pre draft meetings and all this and and it was like Peyton was running the meetings. He was he was that much of a of of an alpha dog and, and then he was like I say on top of that he's a pretty good quarterback. You know, did, did, did his ball flutter? Yeah, sometimes. The great, the great one, one of the great quotes is they went through the uh, workout down in Knoxville, I think it was, and and someone said to right, some Pullian mentioned to to Tom Moore, well, they say that Peyton's ball starts fluttered when it gets to sixty yards, and Tom Moore said, "Fine, we'll throw no, nothing more than fifty-nine yard passes." So, and again, all the work they did panned out, and leadership. You cannot cannot overstate the importance of that guy being not a fake leader. It's like well, Reggie Wayne told us the other day. I mean, you're either a leader or you're not. It, it, and I yes. think it, it, your it, teammates find out real quick if you're just kind of putting on airs and you're not really the guy because that that guy has to be, I guess, obsessed is the right word. But that's got to be what he does. And for 13, 14 years here, that's what Peyton was. He he. he he was he was football. Yeah, he had a life, of course, but he was football, and his teammates knew it. And when your best players, that's what made the 2000s so great and unique, is their best players were their hardest workers, were their most dedicated players, were their most obsessed players with what they did. You know, Manning and Reggie and Freeney and Marvin and Mathis and Glenn, all those guys. And when you've got that, you got something special. Well, you know, I, I do know that. I, I know how much because they haven't had that leadership, and they want that leadership quality now and then evolving even better moving forward. Quickly, a final thing with Mike Chappell here. A lot of people have been taking shots around here at Peyton Manning. He shouldn't be involved. Why do they care about what he says? Blah, 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 and whatever. Um, and I have just said this. They, or maybe it's Jim, ask his opinion, and he gives an opinion, and it's nothing right. more than that and i've always said why wouldn't you why would you not sure. use if he is willing to give you that resource that but you know sometimes i deal with these young jackasses out here that have no idea what went down prior to the start of andrew luck's career and you get man i wish he would go away or he didn't know what he's doing and i just i, I just want to be clear about this there's no decision making that he is doing here he's just saying this is what i like about this particular quarterback. Just kind of like he's doing on ESPN later on tonight. Nothing more, nothing less. Yeah, and you take it for what it's worth. Now, now it probably carries – not probably. I think it carries more weight with the owner than it does the GM. It does, yes. I, I really believe that. But but having said that, I, I, I'm convinced that Ballard and Steichen make the pick with all the information. And, and they're not going to just say, yeah, Peyton, baloney, we're not going to listen to you. No, you you take that into account, but but I've not seen what Peyton's had to say about Bryce Young and and Stroud and, and Levis and or I mean like Levis we have, but the other guys, it just seemed like he he was asked more about about Levis. That's fine, and you take it for what it is. You take it as input. At least he didn't trace the guy, you know. So well, it was like the only but, only way he didn't get he got trashed by everybody else. <laughs> so right. Yeah, yeah. So, so again, I, yeah. I, I think you listen, but but I, I think that, again, even if it has more weight with the owner, which I think it does, I really do, 
this is this is Ballard slice Sykins call. Unless they're going to pick a corner, you know, <laughs> no, no, no. We're, we're you know, you guys, you guys figure out a quarterback because we need right. a quarterback done on it. That's why they brought but, Shane Steichen in here and gave him a six-year contract. That's that's and, and if you, part of his you know, job. If you're not going to listen to him. Don't bring him in. Yes. That's part of why you brought him in is because the time was right to transition at yeah. quarterback. And bring in Wink Martindale if you're not going to listen to him. Correct. Yeah, bring in the defense. Bring in the special teams guys yes. from, from Green Bay for crying out loud. No, you brought in a quarterback guy for one reason for this for tonight. So Mike Chappell of CBS 4 and Fox 59. Your belief is Will Levis, correct? I want Stroud, but I think Levis. Man. We're right there. You're copying off of me. That's You're cool. copying it off my paper. Me, which scares me because we're, <laughs> we're always out there on that island that no one pays attention <laughs> no to us when we scream. No doubt, buddy. All right, we'll check in after this is said and done. Enjoy the draft tonight. Appreciate you, Mike. Stay in touch.